Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Hello, and welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to introduce a friend to you, Dan Lewis. He is based in Chicago. That is where I met him many years ago at this point. And Dan is a transformational photographer and brand illuminator. He works with coaches and consultants and other transformational leaders to crystallize their uniqueness in vivid brand photos that get noticed and connect. A trained life coach, he coaches his clients to step into their individual badassity. And we are going to talk all about that. Dan also embraces the opposite's intention within all of us humans through fine art portraiture. You know, Dan, I have to, something that I traditionally do is give the formal introduction and then give the informal introduction. And that's what I'm going to do because as I mentioned, I met Dan in Chicago many years ago, actually through the same coaching network that we graduated from. And just as his formal introduction sort of depicts his badassity comes from his wordsmithery to me. There's so much, you use so many words that sort of tickle my brain. And I appreciate that about you. And I find you to be very thoughtful, very intentional. And so I'm so excited to have you here with our listeners to share some of who you are and what you're up to. So welcome, Dan. Uh, thanks, Abigail. It is great to be here. It is great to connect with you at a, on a deeper level and you know have a real uh, conversation about what we're about. And I think the first time I met you, I photographed you. Yeah, that's right. You were doing that Angels Project. I what was, was it? doing the Angels Project. I saw that uh, photo somewhere in the archives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to do it again because I wasn't I wasn't happy with the the photos from that day. Mm. I can do better. I, <laughs> uh, I trust. I trust. And that we all evolve through the process, right? Through years and years. And um, and you have definitely evolved through your process to arrive at this place of your work. And I'd love for you to just take a few minutes explaining where you are and then sort of the evolution of how you got here. And I, in my mind, I'm specifically thinking of the way that you blend ontology with photography, the way that you blend photography with business, um, photography with coaching, there's just so many layers that to me, I have so much respect for because I see the different angles and that those who may only have experience with coaching don't know how to interweave it with photography or videography even. And then those who are only maybe focused on photography and videography don't have that essence factor. So I'm going to leave that to you to kind of distill some more, uh, but would love to hear more about you. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, I think we're a year apart in our coaching training. So it has been a while. It's been like seven, eight years since I graduated and then went out and did some coaching. And, you know, I first dipped my toe in the coaching waters 20, 25 years ago and started out with some NLP. That was my, kind of my first entry mm -hmm. into working with people and understanding myself in new ways. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, have have uh, experienced several different schools of coaching. Yeah. And with accomplishment training and the whole idea of ontology and, you know, the our being, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And there are meaningful ways to talk about that and to transform that. Uh, Boy, it just blew my doors off. Yeah. And simultaneously and quite separately, uh, for about 20, 25 years, I've been interested in photography. It's um, I had a girlfriend at the time who um, she had gone to art school and um, uh, knew a little about photography and carried a camera around. And I was intrigued. And um, the way I got started in photography was I want to learn that. That looks cool. So I bought an SLR and uh, I booked a trip to New Orleans for a week and I wandered around all day and then it was film and took the the film canisters to the Walgreens to get, you know, processed. And an hour later, look at my perfectly awful pictures. (laughs) I shot hundreds and hundreds of horrible pictures. And then the evenings I would read books about composition and lighting and stuff like that. Mm. And um, at the end of a week, I had well, four or five competent pictures. Mm-hmm. One stunner that still I, I still think is a respectable photo. Mm-hmm. I caught it on impulse. You know, my unconscious mind somehow saw something and I snapped the picture. Mm. And it was this uh, empty balcony with weird shadows on it and beads hanging from the, the rails and an empty chair. Man, that's there's something about that picture that conveys something. And it got me hooked. So I've been pursuing that, you know, as a hobby for years. Then uh, Accomplishment Coaching comes along and that's the ontology thread. That's the, you know, understanding ourselves at the being level rather than just behaviorally. And uh, I had also been working in in technology and uh, project managing websites and got a lot of exposure to branding. And about four or five years ago, I just felt this convergence. You know, all these things don't need to be separate. The, the, the coaching, the photography somehow can come together. And I, for a long time, I didn't know what that was going to look like. And um, I decided to... Um, well, I was fascinated by photographing people and photograph, trying to make not only a pretty picture, but a meaningful picture, something that really expresses something about you at a deeper level. And um, I brought that together and then uh, made the decision to really focus on a, the coaching clientele and be a support to coaches in their branding and putting themselves out in the world. And if I were going to sum it up in a few words, it would be helping coaches to presence themselves and their uniqueness uh, through the photography and through a little bit of consulting around their branding. Those are the threads that have come together for me. Yeah, I've seen it. I've experienced it. And I would love to, you You can answer in the, in the realm of coaching because that's where we are. And um, I could see this as an answer for anybody in any field, ultimately. What do you think is missing from people's branding? Now that might even, I'm, we might be talking to someone who's, it, we're talking about their dating profile, right? Because ultimately that's branding. But when it comes to photos and copy, like website copy, you, you've mentioned to me before, you've read a lot of people's uh, content that what's what's missing in portraying their vivid uniqueness that would convert, make a sale, get a first date, uh, you know, those sorts of things. 
Oh boy, big, big. <laughs> loaded questions. I love me some loaded questions. Yeah, that's a, that's a great loaded question. Um, you know, we're drawing on the coaching again, I've identified at least three different contexts that coaches and others, you know, uh, um, get into when they put themselves out in the world. And the, the first one I call headshot myopia. And it focused on, I need this one picture. And it's in the traditional format of head and shoulders. So first of all, you've immediately eliminated communicating through body language. And you're in this very constricted format now that doesn't convey a lot. And it's designed for uniformity. Boy, it's just, you miss so many opportunities to do interesting things, to um, communicate through body language, as I said, to communicate through the location where you're at, can say something about you. Um, I see a lot of coaches who hire branding photographers and they're boring pictures because they're literal. This is me sitting at a desk with my computer and holding my phone because that's literally what I do all day long. So, oh my God, coaching is not about sitting at a computer with a phone. It's about changing people's lives. It's about connecting with people, creating a safe space, creating a brave space for people. Let's communicate metaphorically the import of what happens in a coaching relationship. But we get fixated on that format and it really constricts what you can communicate about yourself. Um, the second context that I, that I identify, I call it conventional, generic, mere professionalism. Somebody comes to me wanting, first of all, they say headshot. And I said, well, okay, in your photographs, what do you want? He says, well, I want to look professional. I'm kind of, well, duh, that's a really low bar. And I think it often comes from coaches who are starting out and are not feeling terribly confident yet and need a sense of validation. It's that I want people to know this is not just a hobby for me, that I really am a professional and I charge money for it. And there is real value for you here. And so make me look professional. Well, we can put a suit jacket on you uh, and stand you up against a wall and you'll look like every real estate agent out there, or we can focus on your uniqueness. And then the, the third context that I see over and over again is we all have self-image hangups and it becomes literal when we're talking about photography. Uh, it's like, wow, my nose is too big or I'm struggling with my weight right now. And uh, the last sets of photographs that I've gotten, you know, I've had to fight tremendous resistance. Like, well, I'll slim down and then I'll look great. And then it's OK to have professional photographs made. You know, I've struggled that with that myself. And I have to remind myself over and over again it's not about me and my vanity. It's not about me and how I feel about myself. If I'm communicating the right essence, the right vibe, the, you know, what's sometimes called my coaching presence, the people, uh, the potential customers looking at that, they don't care that my cheeks are a little wider than I wish they were, or that, you know, gravity is doing its thing on my neck. They don't care. 
it's not about me. It's about creating a relationship with this other. Would I not go to a networking meeting to meet new people because I got hangups over my wage or over some feature? No, I'm out to change people's lives and empower people to connect with their clients. So it's not about me. So those are some of the things that I see going on that really affect your branding. And when I say branding, you know, I tend not to like the word, but people use it. So I do too. What all I mean is how you show up in service of others. That's all we're talking about. It's a great distinction. And you said some really important things. I want to make sure, did you have two, did you say two of three? Was I tracking? That was the, yeah, that was the third. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure I gave space for all the answers in that because each one had like a different angle or perspective. And I really appreciate that. I relate to that generic professionalism. Of course, when I started probably the first one to two years, a lot of my photos were more focused on appearing more older for me because I started at age 27 as a coach. I'm now 34. And luckily I've aged out of needing to be seen a certain way to think I'm a certain amount of successful. I'm so grateful for that, but it did take a few years of, of attempting that. And I really appreciated in that third answer about insecurity stopping us from doing, from being of service, delivering our gifts to the world, because I think that's a a very real thing for a lot of people, whether that be dating or starting our business or pursuing a certain dream. um, And whether that be a physical feature, because obviously we're talking about photos, but um, a physical feature, a mental feature, emotional feature, you know, maybe a disability or um, like a learning curve and things of that nature, or a limiting belief. The many, many things that stop us us from going for what we want. And I appreciate you as a photographer bringing the way that we wear our insecurities. Like you with the trained eye can probably see these minute differences in the way someone's sitting, standing, carrying themselves, chin up, chin down, all the little angles that someone with confidence or, or, you know, radiating their essence might produce a photo. This is transforming into a question. How does a session go with you when you are supporting someone in sharing their essence, particularly beyond insecurity or things of that nature? Ooh, okay. Um, There are a lot of threads that go into this. It starts when I first meet this person. And uh, a lot of this you're going to recognize from our coaching training. First of all, I acknowledge the hell out of this person because we are all underfed when it comes to acknowledgement and being seen. And job number one for me is to see you, not just in the session, but all of the time, you know, in every interaction, I see you and I get you. Um, So first of all, a a lot of acknowledgement that's not fake, that's not compliments. This is what I see in you. These are the positive things that, you know, I uh, appreciate how you respect my time. I see that in our interactions with one another. I appreciate the generosity of your spirit. I see the little ways, you know, that you uh, make allowances for me and that you share yourself with me. That's cool. I like that about you. So I try to create an atmosphere of total acknowledgement and affirmation. 
then as part of the process, and I don't know any other photographer that does this, is I do the essence exercise with people. And it is all part of the process. We identify your essence. And I um, coach my client to like, okay, live into that. You know, you've had this wonderful epiphany. Live into that. Post your essence words, you know, journal on your essence words. Get yourself into that. So I can refer to those words during the session. And then when we get to the session itself, it's a really artificial social situation. You know, here's somebody holding a device that's going to capture your image perfectly and forever. And of course, we're defensive. Of course, we're protective, you know, and people have their their own individual default ways of dealing with that kind of anxiety. You know, I tend to shut down and get real inside my head and overthink. Other people kind of act out and they act big and it comes across as cheesy and fake. It's like... This is not a cheesy and fake person. They're just, they're dealing with their own anxiety and they don't know what to do with that energy. You know, some people reschedule. That's how they deal with it. Um, I've had many clients who stretch things out, avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. So in the session itself, it's always going to be an artificial situation. But what I try to do is um, kind of play theater director. And create an emotional context for the individual for each setup. Oh, you're just meeting, uh, you're just meeting a, a new client and you're so excited to see them. And some people can step into that and, you know, oh, okay, okay, they can run now. Other people, it's a little harder. They don't haven't exercised that muscle. And um, I have people move their bodies. Um, you know, one of my principles is. It's not about capturing a pose. It's about capturing a moment. Oh, such a good distinction. Yeah. And photographers are trained to pose people so they look attractive, you know, and the things are not getting in the way. Well, I use that training to identify things that might get in the way of, you know, the way their elbow is sticking out is really awkward or where there's something not working. But um I'll try to get uh, people more relaxed into and then have them move around. The best photographs come as a genuine reaction to something that goes on. Mm -hmm. So another thing in my toolkit is to be provocative. I remember working working with one client. We were actually shooting in an art museum and um, she was delightfully cooperative, but wasn't really opening up. And I wanted a genuine laugh from her. Mm. I had been having her you know, lower her head, close her eyes. I count to three. Okay, look up and react to me. And we did that a couple of times. And, you know, I'd be smiling or I'd be, you know, something. And then the, like the third time she opens her eyes and I'm flipping her off, you know, and she just mm-hmm. cracked up and lost it. We got a wonderful s- smile that was genuine and not forced. Yeah. Um, another client was really nervous. I gave her Play-Doh to play with um, just to, to deal with that fidgety energy. So I'm always looking for new ways to channel people's energy mm-hmm. in productive ways and to create... Um, you know, all of that within a space where everything is okay. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything mm-hmm. wrong here. Mm-hmm. 
you cannot be wrong here. Yeah, I I would love to reflect that because I think that's probably the most important thing a photographer or videographer can do with their subject is make the safe space, make the space safe. Because like direction is always appreciated as more often a subject. I always appreciate because you're the one behind the device. You're the one behind who sees the outcome more than me just standing there, you know, making a move or doing a laugh or look in a certain way is uh, that we don't know how it's looking or how things are coming out. And so I I always find what you're sharing, like I just find uh, it's the direction is so valuable and important. And then I just love that distinction around movement and capturing a moment as opposed to, you know, getting a picture of a pose. It's just so, so valuable. And as I was reading your questionnaire, when we were getting started, you called yourself a recovering intellectualist. intellectualizer, (laughs) recovering intellectualizer. And I would love to ask you to share that because I think as soon as I say it, people probably also didn't know they identify that way. What do you mean by recovering intellectualizer? Oh, it kind of goes back to the explainer thing I mentioned a minute ago. It's like I, I spent too long in graduate school and I was in a PhD program for theology. And ever since I was a little kid, I just kind of had this thirst for meaning and uh, just like higher levels of meaning. And uh, I I don't know where it came from, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. But even as a little kid, I was kind of that way. And um, if you want to go to ultimates, well, there's nothing more ultimate than theology, right? That's like everything. And so I, I spent several years in graduate school kind of in that atmosphere and it it fed my survival mechanism which was to dissociate and rationalize and turn you know living experience into concepts and ideas Mm. and uh it took boy i spent the majority of my adult life kind of in that living in that that kind of space and um since the accomplishment training um i've been able to address that mm-hmm. by cultivating um artistic sensibilities mm-hmm. um was the antidote for that and now boy i live much more from my heart and a photo session for me is a really good example because on it's from my gut, you know, I'm, I'm reacting intuitively uh, instead of trying to figure it all out like a chess game. Mm. I, I appreciate that. And, and before we hit record, we were sort of talking about the difference between presence and information. And I, I feel like that what you had just shared kind of leads into that idea of being present from your heart, from your gut versus intellectualizing things, making them a concept or conceptualizing them. What have you seen in the shift or what do you see in the world? Like what can we provide our listeners to walk away with today? Boy, um, there's still, you know, value in being able to step back and reflect, Mm -hmm. but that's only a piece of life. Yeah, for me, it's like finding something that I could just grow myself into wholeheartedly, even physically. Uh, I remember uh, a few years ago when I was really just starting to make this transition 
the first time I'd ever really constructed a photo shoot with wardrobe and props and lighting and, you know, uh, doing this kind of 19th century looking portrait. And I'm seeing it happen on the back of the, the camera. I'm seeing the images in miniature. But yeah, this is what I'm getting. This is, oh my God, it's happening. This is what I had envisioned. And now it's happening. And the, the young woman uh, who I'd befriended and uh, agreed to help me with this project and was my subject. She was she was laughing at the end and said, you were giddy. <laughs> uh, and I was, you know, in, in retrospect, I was just so excited that um, this thing that I had envisioned was happening and the the images that that I was getting was the kind of images actually even better than I'd imagined. And so what I'm trying to say is I found something I could really throw myself into and trumped all of my fears and all of my um, aspects of my survival mechanism. It was enough of an incentive to stand up to um, the things that had kept me small. Beautiful. And what advice might you give to anyone who, because I, I get this a lot of, I'm all up in my head. What advice or instruction or invitation might you give to someone who really struggles with being in their head 80 to 90% of the time, who would rather be present and connected and sharing more of who they are? What's helped me a lot is uh, deep conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting where the other person is fully present to me. That teases out my presence as well, you know, because being all, all up in my head is that survival mechanism. That's a survival reflex of not feeling safe. And I have to figure something out in order to feel safe. And, you know, this is really related to Brene Brown's work about being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And being vulnerable with other people. So finding, you know, a community that values that kind of authenticity and vulnerability. Mm, yeah, I hear you loud and clear on that. Um, particularly with Hearts Unleashed, I think we've created a community around people committed to living their heart unleashed. And it doesn't always feel safe in, you know, um, the way I feel to share it in the moment is a lot of our community is virtual. We have our book clubs, we have, you know, different programs, group programs, individual and, and then in-person events. But it's that a lot of people share when we come together that they don't have this connection in their geographical life, or in their immediate physical life. And so, um, yeah, I find that very fascinating and very inspiring to remember you're not alone, even if geographically or within your friends or family units and circles, that if you feel stifled, that there are places. I agree with what you're sharing. Oh, what When I found accomplishment coaching, I, I heard a language I didn't know I knew how to speak. I, I heard 
conversations I didn't know were being spoken and shared. And so I just, I feel that that's so special and so special to be able to share. And circling back to the work that you do, you helping people share their essence, share their radiance, their brilliance. Um, it helps us find each other where we become this beacon of light, this beacon that other people can recognize and see, see that essence within us and say, I, from a picture, I want to know her. I want to know him. He really interests me. It's magnetic. And I, I acknowledge the work that you do in the world because it's not something that everybody has the training on. Someone can be a brilliant photographer and still not capture essence. And so I think bringing it from our unconscious mind to our conscious mind so that both photographer and, and subject have this connection where they're creating it together um, is truly special. And I would love to acknowledge the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you, Abigail. Um, yeah. yeah, you're one of the folks out there who can who really gets what I, the game I'm playing. Thank you. you know, yeah, you get it. Thank you. And if other people get it, particularly from this episode and would like to partake, would like to have a photo shoot with you where or or work with you because you do work with coaches on their branding, their, you know, mm -hmm. their what they share and how they share it. Um, what how can people connect with you? People can connect to me on my website at badassity.com, B-A-D-A-S-S-I-T-Y.com. And my contact information is there. And I invite you to look at the gallery and see the difference of people fully engaged. And give me a call, reach out. Yeah, awesome. And of course, before we go, can you explain badassity to us? <laughs> <laughs> when I was first exploring the possibility of becoming a professional photographer, you know, I was reading some books on marketing and I read a, a great book called Badass Your Brand. And so, oh, I like the way she turned that into a verb. Um, and so just kind of idly, I went on GoDaddy and started doing searches on uh, URLs. And um, I saw that badassity.com was not reserved. I said, oh my God, that is such a great word. How can that not be taken? And so I reserved it on the spot and I had no idea what I was going to use it for. Mm. And then, oh, about nine months later, uh, I pivoted my business to work with personal brand coaching. And I thought, oh, badassity.com. Interesting. That, that works. And I dithered on it for a few weeks because I, I drew the natural conclusion if I'm going to call my company badassity, that means I got to step up my level of badassity personally. <laughs> it's going to demand more of me. And um, a few weeks later, no, I'm going for it. So I made that the company. Beautiful. I love it. What would you say? What does badassity mean to you? It's a tricky word because it has so many associations to it that are hyper masculine. It doesn't always come from a wonderful place. Oh, and it, it has a certain flavor to it. For me, bad, everybody has badassity within them. And it's absolutely unique to each individual. There can be the senior lady who is a badass listener. You know, whatever it is for you, it's like, what is it that's special about you and what you bring into the world? That's your badassity. 
Some people respond to the word and they get it. Other people are a little turned off by it. And uh, I'm really out, out to attract people who hunger for some boldness. Mm, I love that. Very well said. And uh, last question for you, my dear friend. What does it look like for Dan Lewis's heart to be unleashed? Oh, boy. Um, hmm. More of what I'm doing now. Uh, greater visibility. I, I mentioned earlier before, I live so much less from my head and so much more from my heart now. I make decisions from my heart. And it's rather, yeah, rather than using my intellect to stay safe and small, it's um, using my intellect to to illuminate whatever I touch. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being you. Thank you for illuminating whatever you touch. Thank you for the way that you capture people's essence and share it. And thank you for sharing your essence with us today. Sounds like we have a photo shoot coming up, an angel photo shoot. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we'll put together a time and um, we'll do something fun. Beautiful. Thank you for being here. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got exactly what you needed today. I hope that this supports you in shifting from living in your head to your heart, to sharing your essence with the world, to sharing your radiance and living more out loud every day, every little bit that you can. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.